we're back. Rob. We are indeed. When today we're looking at uh, your favourite. Uh, yes. This is a show um, called The Tales of the Unexpected that we're going to be talking about in this podcast, which is called The Unexpected Tales, about the tales of the tales of the unexpected tales. Um, and as you said there, the landlady, I read this one knowing full well that it was a, a book before it was a, a TV show. Yeah. I, we studied it, we did the story in English in GCSEs, but um, I'd never seen this episode of Tales of the Unexpected, even though it would have been out before I'd, I'd kind of started reading it. Um, and then when I went back... It's very, very similar. There's, there's hardly any change to what's actually dramatised to what's actually in the novel. Right. And uh, I think I mentioned in the first episode, we had to finish off the story. Watching it again is great. It's great. It's great, great, great. You don't remember this one, do you? No, not really. As I say, my my sort of uh, favourite episode was the ones I remember most have been uh, Lamb to the Slaughter and uh, The Man from the South. Uh, so they're the ones that really stuck in my mind. I mean... Watching it through uh, in preparation for this, it sort of it sort of rang a bell, but uh, I don't know whether that's just because it's sort of round about that time when I was sort of going away from home uh, to live with landladies and stuff, and so perhaps I'd recognise the decor uh, again. It's in nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. In his introduction, in this one, Roald says to us that he thinks it's funny. Uh, but if you don't share a sense of humour, you'll be disturbed by what goes on. Well, I do find this disturbing. And I would also find it disturbing that he finds it funny. Yeah. He's never questioned the fact that, uh, if you think if you don't think this is funny, there's no wrong with me. Yeah. It's you that's, that's going to be, yeah. But in fact, if, if this is his idea of, of just straight humour with non-disturbing, then I think that is very strange. This is where we perhaps need to consult a dictionary for what funny actually means. And whilst you do that, <laughs> I'm going to... You You were absolutely right there. You spent a bit of time travelling around in different B&Bs around the place, didn't you? Well, certainly in Birmingham. Uh, I uh, When I went to university, I went in Birmingham. And uh, I was I was 18 when I went. And uh, my... My mum had sort of arranged where I was where I was going to go. Uh, we'd looked at all the ones on offer, and she sort of decided this one's best. We had no idea of the area in Birmingham where it was. We had no idea about this woman, and uh, she, my mum, took me down, dropped me off, and uh, she was saying to the landlady, "Oh, he's a very picky eater. You know, he is very particular about what he eats." And what the landlady said to my mum was. By the time he comes back to you at Christmas, he'll eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, I think that sort of resonates a bit with it, because it's a very sort of odd thing to say, isn't it? And it's as though she'd got a sort of agenda that something was going to happen. I didn't know what it was going to be, but it was going to change me. And, and similar attitude, I think. To Absolutely. You see, because this is the only experience of a landlady I'd had, yeah. this is the woman... This was the stories. This was the person that uh, that you were telling me about. Yeah, well, and, and because you know, you, somebody tells you a story, and you go, you, your mind goes, "Oh, how can I make that relate?" Oh, yeah, there's a bit of experience I've got. I'll put that into the story, and, yeah. and then I understand it. Well, this is what I was doing. So yeah. all of these strange, crazy shit that you like, you went an anus. <laughs> you went an anus. It was. It was a well, pig's anus. There were two things. Yeah, uh, it's. Pigs, pigs intestine, they're apparently called chitlins, and a pig's anus is called hodge. 
And so these were some of the things that she served up for me uh, in order to get me to that point by Christmas where I would eat anything. I mean, I have to say, she was she was a lovely woman, and I did learn an awful lot from her, particularly out at eating an anus. <laughs> and to, to this day, I can I can close off my mind and my taste ability <laughs> and just eat things. I mean, it didn't start very well because the first day. She'd, she'd cooked a, uh, some, some heart, some beast's heart. And we... Uh, <laughs> beast's heart? <laughs> what beast? I don't know. It was just, it was just described as beast's heart. I, I presume it was something normally you would find in a farmyard. But, uh, but we used to cook that for, for our dog before I, I left. And uh, I couldn't eat it. I, I put it in a bag. And then the next day I was... Going in on the motorbike, uh, on the back of the motorbike, threw it, threw it off the back of the motor. <laughs> this went on for about three or four days. I'd had nothing really much to eat. And I thought, whatever, whatever gets produced, I'm just going to have to eat it. And it was, you know, true, true. She said, you like this. It's, it's pork fat in, in a red wine sauce. And so I ate it and said, yeah, that's nice. Which was, you know, I was being polite. Mistake. Because then, at times throughout the year, she'd say to me, it's your favourite tonight. <laughs> and I'd know what was coming. Uh, but yeah, actually, you know, the more I think about it, the more it is like this sort of thing. I, I mean, I told you, I came in one day and there was a pig's head on the, on, on the freezer <laughs> and her husband was hitting it between the eyes with an ornamental gherkin eye. And they then scooped the brains out and ate them on toast. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very much like this. Exactly. You see, so when Roald Dahl right at the beginning says, uh, the question you've got to ask yourself is, could this happen? Could this really happen? And then he goes, yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah. Even to you. It, it, it really could. So it actually did happen. Well, no, the... the, the Exactly what happened didn't happen to you, Thankfully. but the oddness of what happened is definitely yeah. I mean, which is why when you watch this, you're probably just on phase. It's like yeah, I mean, what, well, fucking yeah, landladies. That's, <laughs> what, that's, that's just what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going back to you know the definition of funny, I, then I sort of now I'm changing what I thought about what Roald said because. The, the first definition I've come up with is providing fun, causing amusement or laughter, amusing comical, but then. Further definitions, warranting suspicion, deceitful or underhanded. We thought there was something funny about those extra charges. So, yeah, it's funny. Exactly. It's funny, dark as well. Yeah. Because this goes back to when I think I was first introduced to a black comedy with Dennis Potter's um, Singing Detective. Right. Which was, you know, it wasn't a comedy. But, um, and so when people said it's a dark comedy or a black comedy, is that right? Black, black, comedy, black comedy, yeah. yeah. And it, it was like, uh, all right, but you said it was going to be funny. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. Is that, is that the guy who skins peanuts? That's right, yeah. They, they said, it's not, it's no, no, we didn't say it was going to be yeah. funny. We said it was going to be dark comedy. And that was a black comedy story. So that was my first exposure to the fact that actually, when we say funny, well, traditionally we mean you know ha 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 yeah. but actually what we could mean is hang on a minute strange strange I mean, I bit think funny I, that I think I might have watched that because it's Dennis Potter Dennis Potter yeah there's a bit of a sort of history or a bit of a what, what am I a reputation that 
if you're watching a Den- Dennis Potter thing, there's likely to be some nudity in it. Which is the reason why I watched it. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I think he did one called Black Eye or something uh, like that. Yes, and there was... Pennies from, from Heaven. Black Eye? Pennies from Heaven, and my favourite was um, Lipstick on Your Collar. Right. Which was great. It was a, a real glamour star, like Pawnee Girl. Right. British Pawn Girl was in that, I believe. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. I forget her name. Also, you'll recognise um, in that Ewan McGregor was in that. I, I was just going to Yeah, he was a young yeah. lad. And the main character in it, a Welsh guy, I forget his name. He's been in loads of stuff since, and I, I forget his name. Yeah, so that's why I would watch them. Uh, I, uh, I mean, talking about, uh, about porn, as, we, as you sort of mentioned it there, I mean, one, of, one of my early sort of adventures into it, when I was young, you could actually go and watch um, soft porn in the cinema. They used, That's to, right, yeah. they used to show them. And like, there's this big tradition in, in England, in Britain, that you would get comedy actors in it. Oh, like, uh, what's the uh, the Confessions of? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that man. Because it was just, I mean, that was kind of like, it was sex, but the sex was done... With, in a sort of comedy, comedy out, uh, yeah. to make it acceptable, yeah. which but is really sped cool. up a little bit. And, yeah, <laughs> like Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Yeah. So, so the first, I wasn't eighteen, and uh, I went to see, and this this is something that uh, you know might interest you because I know that you like it. I went to see the stud with uh, with John Collins. John Collins. I, I, I didn't go with John Collins. Yeah. Obviously, she she was in the film. Yeah. I'd like to have her as a guest on this show for when we review her. Well, I did. Episode. I did enjoy the film. Yeah. I mean, I went with my friend. And neither of us were 18, and uh, we'd gone look, trying to look like students, so we'd got a really long scarf on and stuff like that. This was our idea of students. And uh, the second bill was Emily. But as we were buying the tickets, the woman behind the counter must have been suspicious. She said, are you 18? Oh, yes, we said. She said, oh, because we've heard, you know, that there might be a raid today. So we sat through Joni in the stud, but then our nerve broke. And you left time. before, and, and we left before yeah. before Emily. Yeah, with two Stark. Yeah, uh, back to the landlady then. Yeah. And uh, Roald Dahl not only introduces that first section, which he's done so far, but also um, he gives us uh, a bit of a voiceover to well, as the as the yeah, which the, is the, which is the first time he's done that. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's the last either. I seem to recall that he does it in other episodes, but we, we get to see those. <laughs> um, but all he's doing is really setting the scene. There's a guy on a train and he's going somewhere. Yeah. And he, you know, he's on a journey. Um, we find out that he's going to Bath. Bath, yeah. Or if you're from Bath, it'd be Bath, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> but Bath for us. Or Bath for us, definitely. Um, um, and it's his first time up in Bath. Bath. Uh, he's sat opposite a, a vicar who's sleeping, or a uh, priest, uh, what do you call him, Parson? Parson, yeah. I guess. And um, he's looking really bored, isn't he? He's looking a bit bored. He's, he's, he checks his case, he checks his coat, he's checking his time. And I don't think this is any scene setting. I think this is just, you know, we, he's ready to get off the train. He also has to, do, at some point, wake the vicar up yeah. to have this conversation. Um, well, this, this seems like a fair enough way to do it. My first thought when I saw the train interior was how little trains seem to have changed. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that, a good point. Yeah, you know, period. Because it looked just about the same. I mean, one thing that I have noticed though, in, in um, I was on a bus the other day, and uh, there were like on the uh, I was sat on the back seat, and uh, on the seat in front of me, there was like a, a little sort of oblong hole, and uh, I saw that they were on all on all of them, and uh, I asked my wife. What's this? We were totally puzzled. 
But then some girls got on, and what these are are USB ports that they actually have in buses. Oh, really? And you can go in, use them to plug it, to charge, to charge, charge your phone. I've never... Have you seen that? I've not seen them on a bus, ever. Really? But I've seen the plug sockets on a train. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen those. But wow, that has awesome. changed. Well, you see, I, I now work a lot from home. I do a lot of travelling with work. So I generally don't get uh, trains and buses anymore. But when I was travelling to work, I would rely heavily on that plug socket working. Yeah. Because your phone would... Um, probably phones have got a bit better now with battery life, but I, it would run out before you, it, the end of the journey. Yeah. So, so I'd have to, I'd have to make sure I sat next to one. But I've never seen one on a bus before. Yeah. Crazy, yeah, crazy well, story. No, we didn't even, we didn't even have an idea what it was. We probably just got to show how old and out of touch I am. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's travelling to Bath, to Bath because he's going to the branch office. Yeah. Um, he's only obviously making a short stay because he's got a very small suitcase. Um, probably commuting or something like that I mean one one thing I would sort of add though is although I was surprised how little trains had changed the vicar uh, sparked a pipe up oh well that's something that I've noticed in a few episodes is that people are smoking one the guy last week was smoking around a pregnant girl right the, the, the week before that with, with the, the one with the brain the, the doc, she's smoking in the doctor's office right and, and that's we, an hospital and of course, the uh, man from the south—that's really all based, based around that. Based on smoking, yeah. So there's a that is a theme. Mm. Probably will will. Well, I mean, 2007, I think, was a smoking ban, wasn't it? But I was watching Wall Street a while ago, and they were in a cafe and lit up a cigarette, and it just—I went, oh shit! You used to be able to do that. Yeah. There was a, in Little Chefs. There was the smoking area. And then the non-smoking area, separated by nothing, just <laughs> just a cordoned space, no partitions or anything like that. Just here's your space. Here's the and and same with planes. You were either the front of the plane or the back, but there was yeah. no there was no curtain or anything like that. Yeah, it was just you Which were sort of most of the smoke stays at that end. That's all we're saying. But uh, yeah, but I remember being in pubs when you could smoke, and I don't smoke, and I'd, I'd be sat there, and my my eyes would be streaming. With yeah. it, with the thickness of the smoke, so I think it's probably a good a good thing. Well, when I used to smoke in pubs, and I heard that we couldn't smoke in pubs anymore, I I had decided I decided oh this is going to be shit. Yeah. But as soon as you clear the tobacco out of pubs, it's a miles better place to yeah. be. I mean, it, so what? You have to go outside and smoke, but the pub is miles better to to be in. Um, anyway, so yeah, the vicar's having a, a pipe, yep. uh, and they're having a casual chit-chat about where he's going, why he's, why he's going there. He's in insurance, he's dealing with risk. Yeah, and all, then all the, risks. All risks, yeah, insurance or risks. And then the vicar says, oh, I do the same. You yeah. can say I do the same, which yeah. I think was a really nice, pleasant line. So we're, we're dealing with very, very small, casual funnies yeah. uh, before the big crash funny at the end there. Yeah. Um, and then he also recommends, um, you know, well, you, a hotel you should go to a, you know, there's plenty of hotels or B and Bs. But do you find it strange that Billy, the the male character, doesn't seem to know what a B and B is? Yes. So the the priest parson, he has to explain what B and B is, and I can't remember the words he uses, but he he he, he, ex, he just basically explains, you know, they're run by landladies and landlords and stuff like yeah. this, and, and cheap and cheerful. I mean, and and a and a. What turns out to be a signpost here is that he says to Billy, 
you'll sometimes feel that time has stopped in Bath. Oh, lovely. Yes, there's a couple of those moments where you go, ah, uh, when you rewatch it, of course. Yeah. A lot of it, a lot of the time you miss it on the first go. Yeah, yeah. Watching it again and you just go, ah, that's what they meant by that. Well, we cut to the landlady. She's preparing the room. She warms up the bed, makes the, uh, makes sure the flowers are there, draws the curtains, turns the light off, and she's singing My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean. Yeah. And it's that sort of thing that we saw from, um, like, the playfulness of the man from the South when he calls the knife, the, the cleaver a chop-chop. Chop, chop, yeah. And it's that sort of thing where it's like, this woman, we late find out, there's something odd about her, yeah. right? But the fact that she's singing My Bonnie Lies, it's kind of like, oh, God, that's sinister as hell. Yeah, but but then at that time it doesn't. Again, it's only on a watch. Yeah, that it seems sinister. But it's proper it sort sinister. Of makes you, when you, makes yeah. you warm to her. I think the first time you see it. Well, you just uh, the guy. Well, we're skipping ahead a bit, but he does explain her as being. She's described as being everyone's favourite auntie. Yes, you know, and that's a good way to explain it. Yeah. So he arrives at Bath um, and gets off the train. The, the priest says the the rains. The rain is like a knife. Yeah, I don't know what that means. It's like as he walks away with his ear sliced off. <laughs> um, again, we cut back to the landlady who now hangs up a B and B sign. Yeah. So previously, she's if you'd not walked been past ad- that. Yeah. You, she's it not would, been advertised. No. There's a, there might be a reason for that. Yeah. Okay. So um, then um, she tells the parrot, "He'll be here soon." I can feel it. Yeah. Right. So she's got some sort of premonition. Going. Premonition about somebody or some people and then he then walks around Bath and he's searching for a B&B yeah. and he stops outside one and then he and he lingers quite a, a, a while with lots of sort of close-ups on a yeah. B&B sign yeah so again I think this requires a watch it again and watch sorry watch it once and then watch it again because at this point you're saying to him just walk keep walking just keep walking and he has the opportunity to do that yes yeah. and, and, and I think that, that this is a perfect for you to say watch it again because you now you know what happens yeah it's that that's that point where you go this is you know you've got options here one leads to a certain fate well when i think of that what what that uh, sort of brings to my mind is when i was little i had a viewmaster i don't know if you you know they're, they're, but they're like it's like a stereoscopic viewer. Yes, where uh, you click the thing at the yeah, side and it, it spins around. Yeah, yeah. And I, to be honest, I used to look at it, but it was only the last two or three years I realised it was three D. I, d- I didn't know what was special about it, but it was because ah. it was three D. Anyway, I had a Batman one, and uh, Catwoman has caught him, and he has to make a choice, and she says, "Which will it be of two doors? Which yeah, one yeah. to open?" And she says, which will it be, Batman? Behind one, there's me. Behind the other, there's a tiger. Which will it be, the lady or the cat? And that, when you were saying, he's got two choices here, it brought that to my, to my mind. Not that this landlady looks like Julie Newmar. No, 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 no. But far, far from it. Far but from that's it. it. Yeah. Perhaps at one, there is one fate... I know the other. Yeah, the Of course, stuff. what could have happened is as he carried on walking, he gets hit by a bus. Again. Yeah, it could have been the best thing for him to go in there. Exactly. Yeah, but we don't know because no. this is the unexpected nature. But so we do see her on the other side of the door. Yeah, peeping through one of those magnifying peepholes. Yeah, 
and almost going, yeah, come on, you know, you want to, you've made your choice. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Which is it? He's made his choice, but we don't know. Is yeah. it the lady or is it the cat that he's chosen? As it happens, he decides to go and the suit, he presses the button to go, and he's not even taking his finger off the button when she opens the door. Yeah. And there we go, you're in. Okay. Shuts the door behind him. Um, explains that yeah 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 you, you've made the right choice this is um, she uh, you need a room um, and we, we saw yeah he said he was sort of looking for a hotel to begin yeah, with the dragon and dragon Dra- dragon Bell, and Bell, Bell end yeah dragon the dragon's Bell end and, um, and she claims to be an annex to the dragon's yeah. Bell end I think that's a tall story I think so yeah but it's four quid. Yeah. Okay, now then, did some research. I thought, I thought you might, I yeah. thought you might. It's about 15, 16 pounds. Not, it's still, that's quite good, isn't it? For, what, for a B&B. Now it's 15 pounds for a yeah. B&B. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I would have thought it had been at least 15. No, she says, exactly. Some hotel rooms are 15, but oh, she says. Oh, four pounds then is 15 pounds now. Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 So four, four pounds... That's a good price, she says. You'll not find any cheaper. Yeah. She's probably right, even now, 15 quid. Yeah. But at 15 quid, I, I gen, generally, if I see something that's priced at a certain amount, yeah. I'll think, no, nah, that's too cheap. I'll stay away from that. Yeah. I'm not after value for money. I'm after value for value. Yeah. Like, what is that the best product? Well, Same here. If I saw that advertised at 15, I'd be like, I know I'm expecting that. When I, when, I, when I went down to Birmingham, we had a, we had a list, mum as to, you know, who was offering stuff. And we didn't go with the, you know, the cheaper ones. We didn't go for the dearer ones. We went for the middle because you sort of think, well, you know. But talk about prices. That, at that point, was £35 a week, including all meals. This was £4 a night? Yeah. 28 yeah. It's... Mm. It's not bad, is it? Not bad. It's not bad. bad. Okay, so um, she, they they get as he's settled in, in she's pretty creepy chit chat. Yeah, um, bit flirty as well. It feels that way, yeah. doesn't it? Which is sort of wrong, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, she explains that the don't look at that clock. I mean, so, as in don't. Don't stop looking at it, but don't pay attention to it. It stopped years ago. Yeah. There's another. Yeah. There's another callback to a time thing that uh, yeah. time stops here um, and then she goes after you it is your room so insinuation that, that that's your room forever <laughs> um, there's lots of this going on and then an odd thing that keeps happening for the remainder of the episode is this she confuses him his name yeah Wilkins so she's expecting somebody called Wil- Wilkins she doesn't know what Wilkins looks like but she's convinced that this guy it's called Mr. Wilkins. So whatever voices in her head have caused her to intuit that somebody's coming, as well, she says to the parrot, yeah. she, they've sort of told her it's Wilkins. Yeah, well, that's, that, I think that's what's happening, is that she's, she's obviously mad, and she's been told that this guy called Wilkins will turn up. Yeah. And it's, obviously, it's not real. It's, she's making it up in her own mind. Um, and again, there's a lot of, while she's explaining things, she's quite close. I imagine that their groins are in close proximity Ooh, to each other right. uh, but yeah. you only see their top half so you don't know what the bottom halves are doing <laughs> she uses really bizarre words like um, 
when you materialised. Yeah, yeah, and she says everything's ready just on the off chance an acceptable gentleman comes along. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's almost like um, there's no personality here. She thinks she sees things as objects, and later on she refers things to, as things as pets. So yeah. she so she she obviously has this. She can't she can't separate people with possession. That's that's what she's doing here. So this guy's made a choice to come to the B and B. She owns him. That's that's her take on it, as as far as I'm concerned. And then this great exchange about, do you want something to eat? Yeah. Like a pig's anus. <laughs> um, and he goes, no, 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 no. Um, I've had some sandwiches that my mum made. Ham and watercress. Ham and watercress. And then she says about, well, oh, watercress, it's full of iron, which is good for the blood. Right. Again, it's that kind of... All of a sudden, we're getting in this medical knowledge and stuff yeah. like that that's unnecessary in any other circumstance apart from what she's about. I mean, it's it sort of established, really, on that he very much is an innocent abroad, isn't it? It's oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. away from home, Because he's not picking up on any strange cues. And I know we're sort of expecting the unexpected, but... In, in any reading of it, she is acting in a sort of strange way towards. We in the twenty-four minutes that this episode lasts for, we have to. We're given crucial bits of information. All of those bits of information are kind of blasted at us. Yeah, you know. So how creepy she is and stuff. But as we said in those early episodes, there's a there's a bit of innocence that maybe that was plausible in the seventies. Yeah, that, that you know it's. B and B's. I'm not too sure how they would have run in the seventies, but maybe it was just, maybe people were just overly friendly, and that was acceptable behaviour. Yeah. So, well, I, I suppose yeah. I watch Four in a Bed. You know, the B- love it. And um, in that, the, there is sort of it seems if you go to a B and B, there's a sort of expectation on both sides that you will have to interact with the person who owns it the next day at yes. breakfast. Yeah, well, we stayed at a and b recently for my sister's wedding, and the woman who owned it was, like, really super friendly. Yeah. But because I spend quite a bit of time in hotels, I'd almost forgotten that, that there was that personality to a and b Yeah. That, yes, you will bump into the people who own the house, and they will try to make conversation and, yeah. make, and make sure you stay a few more days or something like that. It's really bizarre. Yeah. It is bizarre. Yeah, because, you know, we, we don't sort of stay in B&Bs uh, very much, but we stayed for one at a, uh, one for a wedding not long ago. And the same thing happened, you know, the, the, the couple came up to show us our room and then didn't go. <laughs> yeah. They stood there talking to us about all sorts of stuff. And yeah. we wanted to get changed and yeah. that. Well, the landlady... Our the B and B that we went to just this summer offered to take us to where we needed to be. She right. was like, "Oh no, we'll get the car out and take it." We we didn't take her up on it actually, not right. not for any creepy reason, but just because we fancied the walk. But yeah. it was like that happens, you know. These people, as you say, with four in a bed, there's this weird, there's this certain set of um, etiquette. There's an etiquette yeah, involved yeah. in being a guest house owner. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in a hotel, you can sort of, if I'm checking in and they say, you know, what have you what what are you doing tonight? What are you saying for? I think well, that's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah, for a hotel, yeah, you just, can yeah, yeah, keep right. your mind out, keep, keep your nose out. <laughs> I don't want to critique on what I might be doing. Just... No, that's right, yeah. Because And as soon as it goes past the, um, do you need to make a dinner reservation? It's like, that's how, yeah. that's how, that's how it's done. And, yeah. and I don't want any more. And, yeah. and I, that's, and there's nothing mean about that. Yeah. You shouldn't need to go any further. Whereas, obviously, it's totally different to being B, so there must be a difference in some people who actually like that. Yeah. I, I view it as an imposition. 
but there must be people who think, oh, I really, I really like him to question me about everything I'm doing and everything I've done. Okay, so uh, she's quite uh, keen for him to sign the guest book. Yeah, yeah. Now then, there's a little bit that happens, but ultimately he signs the guest book. And this is the bit where I said, now alarm bells have started to ring here. Right. But not the right alarm bells, more uh, more snooze alarm at the moment, right. okay, because he's gone, hang on a minute, there's a couple of names there I recognise and I'm not too sure how. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that later, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But he can't shake it, can he? He's like, you know, don't, hang on, are, are they footballers or maybe they're film stars or, no, pop stars, he says. Yeah. Because obviously it must, he's not he's not local. It must so therefore it's got to be something nationally known. These names, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, but but as you as you say, you wouldn't sort of necessarily think it was anything weird. But yeah, it's as you say, it'd be a snooze. You'd leave it in the back of your mind. Yeah, and think you oh, come I'll back to keep, it. Later. Keep working on that one. Well, I have forgotten that the, before he comes down the stairs, though, he does his letter. He, he's written his letter to his family, mum and dad, and he just says, he explains, you know, she's an Iceland lady. A bit crazy. A bit crazy, but I describe her as everyone's favourite auntie, which I've already mentioned. And also, in the meantime, she goes downstairs and stokes the fire and then tells the dog not, not to, to bark. bark. Yeah. Okay? Right, so then he then signs the guest book. He's, he's trying to work out why these names feel sound familiar, and then he checks the date that they signed in. One of them, which was Gregory Temple and Christopher Mulholland, yeah. one of them was signed in two years ago, yeah. and the other was one year ago. Okay, now um, then, go on. Well, I was going to say, guest book's been filled in sort of chronologically. Yeah. It suggests nobody stayed there. Exactly, which is why when she puts the, the B&B sign up, after presumably it's not been up... Um, it might not have been up for the next, the last year, and yeah. she's she's just decided, ah, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get somebody else in. Well, it's because of her intuition. She's not had the voices in the head. For the oh, last they. Years. Oh, so it's not her acting on impulse. This is just her. Well, I think she's she is acting on impulse. No, not. But she doesn't think it's her impulse. She, it's a voice. It's the inner voice that she says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon so. That's so. Oh, okay. You know, Mr. Oh, somebody else is coming. So you best get the sign up. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've not even thought of that. Yeah. Because okay. Wilkins, it said Mr. Wilkins is coming or something. Yeah, it? that's right, Wilkins, yeah. So she says, um, um, oh yeah, and all of a sudden he realised that the names connect. So it's like Lennon and McCartney, Laurel and Hardy, he says. But yeah. I was thinking about other famous duos, Sonny and Cher. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, you know, uh, Strummer and Jones. You know? Yeah. Um, um, Geldof and Yeur. The... Um, the <laughs> The Glimmer Twins, that's what they used to call Mick Jagger and... Uh, Bowie? No, Keith, Keith Richards. Oh, Richards, The yeah. Glimmer Twins, but I don't know why. The Glimmer Twins, no, I'm not, I've never heard of that either. Mm. Um, uh, uh, the Crankies? Yeah, he, he sort of remembers that names connect, yeah. Okay, but he doesn't go any further into it, because... She's then making tea, tea for and then just they drink like lots of tea, or rather, she keeps offering tea yeah. to him. And she says that Mr. Mulholland used to drink lots of tea. Yeah, loads of tea there, and um, he gets the impression that she's seen Mulholland, like not not necessarily recently, but it's definitely in that last two years, rather than it being so long ago. So he goes, you know, have you seen him recently? 
And then she says, ah, they're both with me. Yeah. They're always with me. And I think he just thinks that that's a flippant comment because he doesn't really, ah, you mean in the heart or in the mind or in the soul or something like that. Then she changes the conversation, how old are you? And gets his name wrong again, but... um, Well, what, what she says is, he says, will I meet them? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, sorry, yeah, will I meet them? Yeah, yeah. and she says, uh, you will meet them, DV. Uh, God. God willing. Willing, yeah. Deo Valenti. Yeah. Um, oh, is that what it means? Yeah. All oh, right, okay. Um, then she asks, so then she asks, how old are you? He says 18, more tea at this point, okay. Um, and then she says, ah, that, what, a great age, lots of, the perfect age or something like that. Mentioned that Mulholland was 17 when he stayed the first time. She yeah. said the first time I met him. And he does was, that start to ring bells, ring warning bells? From well, he says he can't, he can't have been... Because she told him that, that he'd gone to university. He was a scholar at university. Yeah. And then she says, oh, no, 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 he did. He was just really clever. Yeah. So he went quite young to university. Julian Temple, whoa, no. <laughs> Gregory Temple, sorry, was 28. But you would never have known it had he not said it because he didn't have one blemish on his body. Um, is, is, um, she, she goes on about how he had nice skin. Yeah. Which is, and then he's like, and you what? Yeah. He's getting scared by that time, isn't he? Say again. More tea? Because, you know, you'd think that uh, she must have been involved with it somehow. Yes, exactly, yeah. So, Uh, actually, that would be the natural thought now. Yeah. Is uh, there's going to be some sort of Mrs. Robinson type thing here. Yeah. Okay, but it's still not adding up because there's more on his mind. However, his mind's then taken away because he sees the parrot in the corner of the room. And he goes, oh, wait, when I came in, and then she finishes the sentence, you thought that the, you, you thought it was alive. No, no, it's stuffed. I stuff all my pets, yeah. she says. Yeah, because, well, he says, who did it? Oh, yeah, that's right. She, she says, I did it, dear. In the meantime, he's feeling woozy. Yeah. So he stands up and starts kind of like collapsing a bit. But, you know, is there a bit of an element of confession in there? Who did it? I did it. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Like a whodunit. Yeah, yeah you know I suppose, I mean? yeah. Unless it's just about saying, no, I'm, I'm pretty good with a bit of taxidermy. Well, I, I saw this interview once with uh, a uh, psychologist, and they were saying that quite often, if killers are interviewed, they give out verbal cues. Oh, they do it. Which, well, it's like um, Susan George did in last week's episode where she said, I did this. Yeah. And, you know, she's she's almost ad- owning up because it's a bit of a game to a psychopath or a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. And they, they showed this uh, this interview of a particular person and uh, he, he was being interviewed by the uh, press and uh, he referred to the person who'd been killed and said, I was the last person to see him alive. <laughs> <laughs> Which is <laughs> just... A throwaway remark, yeah. but yeah, I'll just leave that with you. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know whether you did it on purpose or whether it's oh he's trying my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so he he notices the parrot stuffed, and then he looks at the dog, the dog stuffed, and he's again more wooziness. He's kind yeah. of like he's stumbling over his words and his feet and stuff like that. So I'm thinking now, tea. The tea's been the problem, and of course, more tea is always being offered here. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, she says. Um, she stuffs the stuff because then you get to love them forever and ever and ever. Ooh. 
Yeah, that is that is definitely a kind of shiver down the spine. And a bit of a callback to uh, the brain in the basin when it was um, goes on and, and on, on and, and on. on. Yeah. So he sits back down, uh, checks the book, and more tea's off at this point, and then. All of a sudden, because he's got this really bizarre, weird expression on his face, yeah. as if he's recalled something, and then all of a sudden it clicks, he's remembered yeah. that the names of the two people were possibly in the news as missing people. I mean, you never you never find that bit out, do you? That's the thing. Is, but that's how he knows the names, is because they were obviously uh, vict- you know, b- missing people that have been looked you know, yeah. the police are looking for. But before he gets a chance to go any further with that line of thought... She tells him it's bedtime. And then she takes him to bed. She, she kind of whips his arm over her shoulder yeah. and then they're off. As they get into the bedroom, uh, he kind of drops on the bed and he... I think, I don't... It, his efforts in trying to escape, although he's not going to be able to do it because she locks the door, yeah. but he's not thinking straight because yeah. whatever's in this tea is drugged in. Yeah, so and he does mention the tea and says it was too bitter, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. So um, he's trying the door and she just watches him struggle, really, yeah. because he's... he's She's he's lost experience of this, she knows. Yeah, he's lost all control over what's going on and then he collapses. Yeah. And then we cut to the next scene, which is obviously just um, about 20 or 30 minutes later. But he's still alive, isn't it? He's still it, chatting there's away, a, yeah. There's a, there's a pic, I think the next scene, you see his feet. That's right, the, the feet, and it pans up to his head. But he can, And I thought, oh, she's poisoned him and killed him. Yeah. But she talks to him, yeah. and he's still alive, and I'm thinking, this is really, really gruesome now, yeah. then. Is whatever she's going to do to him, is she going to do it while he's alive? Yeah, well, that's the thing, is that um, he says, he, he realises that he's undressed, yeah, and she says, and he goes, "Did, did, did you, you address me?" And he, go, she goes, "Yes, but you're just as handsome as the others." While she's trying to sort out the room and him, she takes the letter that he'd written to the family, so that'll never see the light of day. Yeah. Or she could send it to indicate that he's actually alive and well somewhere, and there's yeah. no need to worry. That's yeah. what that's what uh, Dracula did with uh, Bram, uh, not Bram Stoker, with Jonathan Harker. He's he made him write letters. From the castle, yeah, posted them, but dressed like him, so that people thought, "Ah, oh, yeah, it's just Jonathan Harker posting letters to his family." So nobody thought it was suspicious. Yeah, she'd have to make sure he'd not put a return address on that, wouldn't she? Well, there is that. Yeah, maybe she's going to analyse it first. Yeah, 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 or just not send it. Yeah, I think she'd have to open it. Right? Yeah, just to see whether he'd done that. Then she goes out of the door, but yeah. as she's going out the door, she says, "Sleep tight, Mister Wilkins." Obviously, she's got his name wrong again. Yeah. Okay? Because um, it is Mr. Wilkins. Then she goes into another room, and Mr. Mulholland is sat upright in bed. But there's something odd about Mr. Mulholland, isn't there? <laughs> it's a strange sort of colour, Mr. Mulholland. Yeah, a bit jaundice. And one would say probably stuffed. <laughs> I think he's very stuffed. Yeah, he's super stuffed, and he's posing as if he sat up in bed reading a book, right? Yeah. So she chastises him and says, but it lights out, Mr Mulholland. Don't you know that... Mr Temple. Mr Temple's Mr. trying to get some yeah, Trying, to get, trying to get some sleep. Yeah. Which, which uh, then she takes the book off Mulholland, turns the light out. Yeah, and, and, then, and that, I think, is well done because it, does, it serves it up there for you, but it doesn't hammer it into you. No, that's right. You're, yeah, there's no... Duh, duh, duh. Yeah. It's, it's very much... Matter of fact, yeah, this is what's happening. 
Yeah. She thinks it's completely normal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as I say, I can't get out of my mind, is he just paralysed and therefore he's going to be stuffed alive? Well, that's the thing that we investigated when, when I told you we wrote in English, oh. is that we you were then left to fill in the pieces about what was actually happening. Yeah. So you, 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 there are loads of questions here. And as we say, with Tales of Unexpected, it's usually the next five minutes that you don't see that would give you a bunch more of information. Yeah. But they cut it short. So at this point here, we get to... Um, uh, oh, yeah, he goes, she goes back into the room where um, our guy is. I forget his name now. Not Mr. Billy. Lincoln's. Billy, that's it. Um, and uh, brings a tray of surgical implements. Yeah, it's like a trolley, isn't it, with, yeah. with, with surgical-looking implements on it. Yeah, so she, and then she puts an, an overall on, yeah. which will be traditionally a butcher's sort of overall. Yeah, or, or a pathologist. Yeah, where if blood came out, it wouldn't stay. Yeah. You could just leather it. It would just rub off the leather. Yeah. Um, again, we don't know what her plan is, but it's obviously stuffing in some sort of way. But are they alive and then just die, or does she have to kill them first and then yeah. stuff afterwards? But yeah, hopefully, hopefully the poison's done for him. But yeah, he did seem to incapacitate him rather than kill him. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it keeps are... the blood flowing. Maybe that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. The the final scene then, which is a really nice scene, is that she goes downstairs, and we see this from outside the house, is that she turns the sign to no vacancies, and then the clang clang, and the music comes up to Tales Unexpected, and that's where we see the credits. Great episode. Yeah. Uh, episode. You know, um, not uh, actors who I was aware of, apparently... The landlady uh, has done some work on, on stage and uh, has been in, in some films, but... Uh, not sort of star-studded, but uh, but still really well acted. I thought. Next week, as we say, we've got uh, Joan Collins in uh, Neck, which is uh, a story about an art collector's wife and what happens to her. Okay, I'm really looking forward to that um, because I, you know, there's something about Joan Collins which I just get. I just get like Raquel Welsh. I just get it. <laughs> Alright guys, bye.